Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So listen, how's your Christmas shopping going? You haven't started yet, have you? Well, fear not, the big interview is here to help solve all your problems. For the football fans in your life, here's three stocking fillers. Firstly... The documentary film of my book, Barca, The Making of the Greatest Team in the World, is now available everywhere on DVD and digital download. Take the Ball, Pass the Ball is the definitive story, we like to say, of the greatest football team ever assembled and features exclusive interviews with Barca's stellar cast of current and ex-players, including that geezer Lionel Messi, Xavi, Andres Iniesta, Thierry Henry, Dani Alves, Gerard Piquet... Carlos Puyol and Sergio Busquets, plus a rare exclusive contribution from Pep Guardiola himself. There, that's that one present sorted. Secondly, my old chum and fellow dandy Jonathan Northcroft has a new book out published by Backpage. These marvellous people that bring you the books, the podcasts. It's called Deadlines and Darts with Delhi and it's Jonathan's World Cup diary from Russia last summer and it's essential reading for the football fan in your life. Finally, check out another Backpage book, Football 2.0, How the World's Best Play the Modern Game by Grant Wall. Through extensive interviews with one player in every key position on and off the pitch, Grant breaks down the technical and tactical revolutions which have transformed football. So, there you have it. Take the ball, pass the ball, deadlines and darts with Delhi, Football 2.0. That's not only difficult to say, it's Christmas sorted. Courtesy of your friends at the big interview. You're ho, ho, ho. Welcome. Jermaine has played successfully for West Ham, Bournemouth, Sunderland, England and Spurs. I adore the player he's become, that goal scorer that I've watched live and at times written about. And I found it interesting to discover the journey it's taken him to become the player he is today. Providence is a key theme in this big interview, from scoring five goals for Spurs against Wigan and then repeating precisely that feat exactly one year later in a bounce match he didn't want to play in but which restored his faith in his game to the heartwarming bond that he shared with young Sunderland fan Bradley Lowry. I found that part inspirational. Jermaine discusses openly how he's been guided through life and his career. All in all, I think this is a fun, captivating and at times emotional interview.
you're talented enough to make that young debut at West Ham, but Harry's smart enough to, to put you down to a club something like this. Yeah. You come to Bournemouth. I don't know, was there a single player who stood out when you got here? You know, naming no names, blonde hair to fit. So you yeah. come down here. I mean, talk about things being meant. Tell people, because not everybody knows your story and Eddie Howe's story. You come yeah. down here and you play with Eddie Howe, right? Yeah, Eddie was the captain, you know, centre-half with Jason Tindall, who's the assistant manager here, who I'd actually lived with. When you came down? When I came down. Okay. Now, Jason's dad, who's the one that scouted me, at West Ham was a young kid who used to take me to training, just pick me up. So again, another unique story, really, and how, you know, a full circle, and I'm back here, you know, I played with a manager, I played with the assistant manager, I played with Perchy, who was the, the fullback, Big Fletch, who's still here, Husey, who's still at the club, so many of the others. So it's, uh, yeah, it was crazy, but back then, if I could look at any of those players and thought, you know, one of you would probably gone to be a manager, it would have been Eddie, because he was always sort of like composed and calm, you know, good player, good defender, solid, strong, give everything, mm-hmm. consistent, you know, but just like a natural leader, really. What defines that for you? I mean, maybe it's just automatic. You see it and you can't explain it, but when you say a natural leader, it's not always about shouting. For me, it's not even about shouting, because, no. I mean, with England, played with Steven Gerrard. Yeah. He was captain. Mm-hmm. Never ever screamed and shouted. He never used to shout in the dressing room. He was quite relaxed. But as soon as you walk across that line and something needs to be said, or someone that needs to leave by example, just with their performance in big games, difficult situations and that, he was always the one. He was always the one. And like I said about being composed and being calm and, and relaxed, not letting the occasion get to you. I think Eddie was like that, really. Because at the time, we were playing well, you know, pushing for the playoffs. But was always, like, consistent and that was solid. And when you look at him, he's not even that big, really. Not for a centre-half, no. No, not for a centre-half. No. But we're just like, yeah, it was really strong. and had, had a lot of heart. Had a lot of heart. What did the environment here do for you? Not just the club or Eddie, but this city, everybody listening here, where you get this around the world, they don't know Bournemouth necessarily. And this is a big change from where you grew up. It must have had some kind of impact on you when you came down here. Yeah, because obviously I grew up in East London. I was at home with my mum and my family. And then when I was at West Ham, it was just like, obviously I had to go training and I will just go home. And that was it really. Never, never really done anything else, mm-hmm. to be honest. Because all I wanted to do is just play football and just rest and... And just sort of like not get distracted or anything like that. So I didn't really do anything else. Mm-hmm. Just training home, got that sort of routine. So when Harry called me into the office and said, I want to send you on loan to Bournemouth, after I made my debut at something, I scored in a cup, confident, um, still young. And he said, I want to send you on loan to Bournemouth. And I was like, Bournemouth? I'm like, where's that sort of thing? Because <laughs> I was so young, went home, spoke to my mum. My mum spoke to Harry on the phone. Were you a bit hurt? No, I wasn't hurt, to be honest, because I just thought, when he said to me that Rio did it, I was like, Okay then, yeah. yeah. And I trusted him, to be honest. I was like, okay. Because I know what you meant, because maybe I could have thought, well, I want to be involved in the first team here. You're sending me on loan. But he's basically saying to me, I don't want you to, to play reserve football. I want you to go out and get some league experience. And I mean, when I came here, I came here confident, to be honest. I came here confident. I had that belief that, you know what? Okay, cool. I'll go there and score goals. No problem. That's the sort mm-hmm. of like, mentality I had. And then like the lads here were brilliant, to be fair. Um, you know, Big Fletch looked after me because it was tough. I came here when I was playing games and I was getting smashed all over the place and that. But in a funny sort of way, when I was playing games and people were kicking me, I liked it. I liked it because I thought, okay, then. Right, just fired me up even more. You know, this young kid from West Ham sort of thing. I was tiny and that, but like, I always worked on my sharpness. And, and even though the games were tough and stuff like that, and I just thought, right, I'm sharp and I could get my shots off. And, and if I get chances, I'll score. And scoring in 10 consecutive games was just like, and therefore I'd do that. You didn't? No, I never thought I'd score in 10 consecutive games. It's an enormous achievement, it but was, your yeah. level of confidence is yeah, such I was that I might have But thought. you just don't use it, because I didn't know about any records and stuff yeah, like no, that. And then no, I started no. talking about records and stuff like that, and then maybe in a way it helped me. When people start talking about the record, I thought, oh, I, want, I need to do this and that. Okay. So 
again, fired up even more. Going into games thinking, right, I need to score, I need to score and that. But to be fair, we, we had a good team and the team spirit was just like unbelievable. You, you're talking, I think you're talking about, like when you say smashed about, just the, you can't avoid the fact that they've just gone, well, even without knowing you, people have gone, Billy big time. Yeah, of course. Small kid, come down from West Ham, down here. Yeah. And wherever you're playing, I don't know who the, the one of the opponents were then, it's like, let's give him a bit and see if he can take it. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, maybe coming from East London, it was sort of like, I had that in me, I was tough, so it was just, didn't really bother Nobody me. intimidated you, nobody got never. to you ever, not once, not one rival no, in that never. time. Because again, in my mind, I thought, right, I just got to come here and produce in that. Because for me, the main goal was going back to West Ham, getting the first team. It made you more savvy, maybe. Um, yeah. Because Daryl Garrity here um, writes in and talks about, he calls it shift and shoot. He's never seen anybody no being able lift. to. No backlift. I remember when David Pleat signed at Tottenham, he said that. But like, see, if I was doing finishing and training, I'd always want to do it like match tempo. I didn't want to do yeah. it so it's false. Like, because at the end of the day, uh, you, when you're training, it's got you've got to get yourself ready for the games. So I always like to do finishes where I do it so sharp that the goalkeeper can't even react. Hmm. And again, because I was doing that for years, just practice and practice and practice. So when I started doing it in games, a lot of people used to make a big thing about it, like you shoot with no backlift. But uh, maybe I didn't even think about it before. Mm-hmm. It's just maybe it was like just natural and that. But when people start talking about, it, I was like, ah, oh. then I'd watch myself finishing I was like oh yeah that was quite sharp I did it with no backlift and that because I had that at the back of my mind so I thought right I've got to continue doing that and even get better at it you rewatch your own finishes to learn yeah yeah I love that yeah so Griezmann does that and and people are going like are amazed by it but I think all great footballers review and think and and what can I do better or what can I repeat and one of the things that you made me ask about is that you know we, we had a session with Kev Phillips doing this and he was fabulous because he was one of those strikers who seemed to always be able to put the ball where he knew that the keeper's balance meant that he was just an inch or two off balance. Yeah, yeah, and couldn't. You can, you can, yeah. Now, you do that too because you've got such a range of finishes. Do you look at keepers? Or I do, can see he, him. You could. I don't look, but I can see him. I don't uh-huh. have to explain it. Like, I remember speaking to Dick Advocate and he said some players, some forwards, it's about the greats and that, even like the people like Van Basten and stuff like that, he, just, he said that some forwards have got this thing where but even I've got my head down, but I can see the goalkeeper. I can see a slight movement where I might change my mind, but I can see it, but I'm not looking at him. It's in the back but of your mind feel somewhere. It. Yeah, I could feel it. Even when I watch other sports, for instance, I love Floyd Mayweather. Floyd, why did you do this? He said, I don't know why I did it, but I can just feel it. I just know when they're going to jab. Because I always watch him and I think, how can you counter punch? I always think, you must know when someone's going to punch you. <laughs> and I just think, that's crazy. So basically, that's like... Okay, I'm going to wait for you to punch me, and you might connect. I'm going to wait for you to throw your punch, and I'm going to I, counter it. I feel so. sometimes with him, it's like, there's almost like an offer. But he, so if but, you offer, then they'll go, yeah, and then yeah, you but, counter. Yeah, he said, but then he says, I can just feel it. I can't explain it, but I can just feel it. It's phenomenal. Yeah, what a gift. See it. Because even sometimes I've, I've taken penalties, and then I've run up, and I'll score. Then I'll be like, and then I'll say to myself, I saw, the guy, I, I saw something. I see him move a little bit. I saw him lean a little bit, or his legs, or his feet, or whatever it is. And I'm not looking, but I don't know. It's just it's, it's weird. Where have you found the most satisfaction? Because you, you've done great things, you've achieved great things, and you've become, I think, respected and adored, and you've consistently scored goals, such that, for example, at Spurs, you know, they're all-time leading European goal scorer, which is extraordinary. You're ahead of Teddy Sheeran, and other lists and whatever probably don't make you that excited. But where have you found that combination of complete personal satisfaction, achievement, I'm at my peak, this is heaven? Where is the moment in your football life? Because I spent a long time at Tottenham, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember the season where Harry was the manager. It was 2010, the World Cup season. I was so fired up because I wanted to go to the World Cup so bad. I was like, 
Because you should have gone. I should have gone. I, yeah. That's what I felt in my heart. I should have gone. So I thought, no. right, this is my season. Mm. I'm on it. This is my season. Started the season well. I scored the five goals against Wigan. And I think that season, it was just like, I was just in another place, to be honest. I mean, mentally, physically, you know, I was at my sharpest. I was confident. In my eyes, I was playing under the best manager. And I was in the England squad. I was scoring for England. And I just thought, yeah, it looks like I'm going to go to the World Cup. But I think that season, it was amazing. You know, I was in an amazing place. You've answered Michael Shannon's question, what was it like scoring five in the second half against Wigan? And talk about that 9-1 win in general, which... On that day, you must have felt pretty much invincible, I guess. But given that you'd scored five twice to get to Lillishall, it's you, you could do a little, yeah, done it before. To yeah, but even like we spoke about Christian, there was stuff like that, like things are meant to happen because because I love football. Mm-hmm. So I know stats and stuff. And um, when I scored the five goals against Wigan, mm-hmm. and I knew at that moment that it was only Alan Shearer and Andy Cole that had done it. You'd ever done that in Premier League I knew history. that I was the only players to do it in, the, in, in one half. And it, it was crazy. But I remember a year later, a year to that day, I remember I got injured and I couldn't get back into the team. Mm-hmm. And then Harry pulled me in the morning and said, oh, you're playing in the training ground game against the uh, Leighton Orient. I was like, nah, I don't want to play in this game. Why don't, do you know what I mean? I want to get back into the team. I don't know if we're playing games at the training ground. I remember getting on the phone to my mum. Like, I was quite upset and stuff like that. She said, at the end of the day, just do it for yourself. Keep yourself sharp and fit so when you get an opportunity, you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, do you know what? No problem. Played the game, scored five. <laughs> right? Hmm. Maybe there's all like scouts and stuff, and then I scored five, and then let's go and give it one of them. Or oh, Harry, come on, that's enough, come off. And people were clapping on the side, and that I was so fired up because I was upset because I didn't yeah. want to play. Yeah, but yeah. I thought, okay, then I'm going to show you sort of thing that I shouldn't be playing in these games. I scored five when the change rooms, and it was on Sky Sports News. Do you mean scored five goals in a game at the training ground? And a year ago, he scored a, a year to the day, yeah, to the day, he scored five goals against Wigan. And I was just sort of like, I thought, just, how weird is that? It's just, it's crazy, but. It was like um, all these things I'll never forget in that because it's just, yeah, it's just, it's mad. Well, Ben Cropper said how big a role has religion played in your career. Mm. And I think it's interesting that I think if you concentrate and you look at things that are strange in your life and particularly if you've been, if you put effort in and you've worked for things, some of the weird things begin to have a pattern, I think. Yeah, it does have, yeah, it does have a pattern. Loads of things, to be honest. And it's, like I said before, it's not like coincidence or... I mean, obviously, when you've got faith in that, it's, it's a massive part. That's how you think, really. I mean, I mentioned at the beginning when we first started about, you know, having a gift and stuff like that. My mum used to say to me from day one, you've got a gift from God. You have to go and express yourself. Use the gift that you've got. Mm. And it's, it's just as simple as that. And she still says that now. And that's why I never worry about stuff. Because even when I'm... Even if you go through a spell where maybe you're not scoring or you're not playing how you normally play, mm-hmm. then I always say to myself, but you know what? At the end of the day... I've got a gift that no one can take that away from me. And I've done it before and it's just a matter of time before I do it again. Mm-hmm. So I'll never panic. Mm-hmm. I never panic or get tensed or, or lose confidence because I think, do you know what I mean? If, there's a purpose or that something's a, there's, happening. There's a purpose, it... there's a purpose. And it's, maybe it's a negative, but you know, you've know, got to try and turn that negative situation into a positive situation and just think, well, I just believe it's, it's a matter of time. Just keep doing what you've always done and then hoping that it would change. I'm going to break away from my template here a little bit because it's always struck me that if you're... You know, if you believe, if you have faith, and you're, and you're not only willing to um, talk about it, but professional football is a hard, sometimes mean, often treacherous profession. I've always imagined that even on the pitch, there are situations where you might not have to do somebody, but it, it can be very cutthroat sometimes at the top level. There must have arrived moments when your faith as you choose to interpret it, yeah, yeah. and life as a professional footballer, aren't it's very different. compatible. It's not compatible because, yeah, you can be sort of like a Christian or whatever it is and then your footballing is like that football environment, you know, the things that go on in the change rooms, you know, 
after a game when you've won that sort of like image of players going to sort of like to a nightclub, you know, people, all these sort of things. But whoever said it's easy being a Christian, you know, people make mistakes and it's, it's, I think it's recognising your mistakes Mm -hmm. and and learning from them and just trying to be the best person you can, you, you can be. And I think that's all you can do really. And I understand the question, but I just feel like if you're sort of like um, honest with yourself and, and you try your best, that's all. That's all you can do. That's all you can. I think that's, that's a fair do. answer. I think that's. Yeah. I think that's a, a helpful answer for people who yeah. might not have your strength but are trying to find their way. Yeah. Um, because if you have your conversations with God, yeah, each of ours are private. Yeah. But then you do your your best. But they say though, they say God can God only sees your heart. See, with me, like if I've made a mistake, but I know in my heart that. Um, I, I didn't mean to if I've hurt someone but I know deep down in my heart I didn't mean to hurt that person I just believe that God sees that mm-hmm. he sees that and says you know what he didn't mean to do that and I've got and I've got a conscience and it will hurt me mm-hmm. I've hurt someone else I just believe that God sees that I thought it was extraordinary uh, we're here because we've enjoyed your career literally I often say like if I'm not at the game or if I'm not working in England who will I turn on the television to watch you're one of them and there are a variety of reasons for that but if you watch often enough, I worked here, I saw you play, I've seen you play live and I've reported on you many times, but one of the rewards is there's extraordinary things. When you left Spurs, the Spurs fans would still sing about you. Yeah. And uh, I've even heard them on television singing for yeah. you yeah. when you're playing against them. They did it the other week. No, I didn't know that. At Wembley, well, yeah. What, I, what's that? I don't think I can really, like, when, when they're doing it, but I'm playing for another team, like, because when I came on, like it, my friends that were at the game, they said, you know, you've got a stand ovation and that. And I was like, I was aware of it, but I'm so, like, I'm in a zone because I'm, I'm, I've come on and I'm trying to, I'm trying to score for my team. Yeah. But it's not until after the game I sit down and think, oh, wow, that's special and that. But it's just, again, I don't know, it's just one of those things. That, like, it's such an amazing feeling to sort of like, to still get that sort of love from the Spurs fans. It's mental and I just, it's just, it's crazy. It isn't, because it isn't just... There's an ex, there's one of ours. Because often, mm. exes can be booed, or why did you leave, yeah, exactly, or blah, yeah. blah, 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 or yeah. we're going to give you a hard time today, and then we'll still love you in our hearts after. But to sort of go against the tribal nature of football, yeah. and to cheer an opponent, it, yeah. if you were retiring, if it was your last ever game against them, yeah. you can see it. It's all the time. It's all the time, yeah. What have uh, you done to, apart from being an honest player who scored goals, yeah. What have you done? But for me, it's still hard to understand it, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, it's still hard to understand it because I'm like, I mean, since me, there's been so many players that have come and gone and, and, and are still there doing well and stuff like that. And they still sort of like appreciate what I did at the club and, you know, the goals and stuff like that. But maybe it's more than the goals because I always, I always felt like I had a special relationship with the Tottenham fans. Um, and even when there was times where, I don't know, maybe you come out from injury, you're not firing as, always used to sing my name, always sung my name because... Every time I put that shirt on, I always gave 100%. Always gave 100%. And I think I knew how... Every time I put the shirt on, I knew that I was playing for a special football club. Can I ask you, do you think it's that you are them? 100%. Because everybody loves talent. Everybody loves winning. Everybody loves a goal scorer. But I think anybody who's got any brain who loves football can see somebody who does exactly what we would do if if we were on there. Yeah, of course. I think that's the special thing, is my opinion. And that's exactly what Wright had with the Arsenal fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to this day still. So it's like a special connection. Yeah, like you said, not all players would get that. But you've seen the players that that get that and it is special. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, because you weren't expecting the length of this, I want, I want to tie this. I, I, I promise you, you could be pinned to the wall for another six hours on this <laughs> had you not thought this was a 10-minute interview because, <laughs> you know, this is pure joy. This is second only to Portland or playing. Yeah. You know, so in a, a yeah. podium position for us and for those who listen, yeah. this is exceptional. This is special. Yeah. And it breaks down the myth of the thing you touched on in Premier League footballers are rich and feckless and they don't care and all they do is club and that. Yeah. So that's our, the whole purpose of this series is to say football is glorious, footballers can be special, interesting people. Yeah. So the, it's slightly difficult. So you went through a period in your life, you've had disappointments to deal with in your career, but you went through a period in your life where you lost a lot of people that were close to you, that were important to you. You've talked in a really interesting way that I think will be useful to people in their daily lives in that yeah. you talked about being a stronger person for bereavement and grief. Yeah. And there was one, I think, pretty extraordinary phrase about having coped with it there were people around you in dressing rooms who talk about death and are scared about death. You've had to deal with that, and and, yeah. and and grief is a thing that you need to not carry around with you. How would you describe what that's done to you, how, how you coped with it, and how, and well, how I you've think changed? Just having football has helped me in a big way, to be honest. Um, that's you know my love for the game, because I think, because the, the times where I've, I've lost people, I mean, my, my, my brother, my dad, my cousin, both nan and granddads, people that are close to me, you know, situations where you don't understand where like people have gone and you can't understand it and you think but why and I think having football where I could sort of like have that switch off where for those 90 minutes or two hours on a training pitch where I'm completely thinking about football and I'm in the changes with the lads I'm completely thinking about football and stuff like that you know 90 minutes in the game completely thinking about football I think it sort of like helped me a lot obviously strong family members and friends and stuff like that but I think for me I think having football has helped me because I mean when I look back and, and yeah you know there's not a day that that goes past where I think about some of the things I've been through. You know, I think about my dad. I remember my dad was in in the hospital, um, and I was with him every day. And it was leading up to European Championships in Poland and Ukraine. 
in 2012 when I was, I was actually in the squad. Mm-hmm. And it was literally going to training and then Roy Hodgson let me go to the Royal Marsden mm-hmm. in London, see my dad, spend a couple of hours and going back to the hotel and you know, I actually flew to Poland, Ukraine and then got a phone call. So my dad passed away. I came back and I had to go back and I came back from the field and went back. So all these sort of things, it was tough, but again, it's just sort of like, yeah, it changes you as a person because it makes you realise what's important in life and and, and stuff like that. And uh, it's sort of like it was it was a real difficult time. But I think, like I said, just, just having football and stuff like that, it helped me. It's in therapeutic. A, yeah, in a bit, it helped me in a big way, I think. It would be disrespectful to you not to to talk about Bradley because yeah, of course. apart from him being special and his yeah. family being special and apart from um, there being a bond that grew up that was incredible, yeah. you represent, I think, those months and months and months of his happiness, your investment in him, yeah. the things that you allowed him to do and the respect you treated him with and yeah. the, all that kind of stuff. For me, it felt like what we would call British values. And, okay. and some of the warmth that came to you and, and to Bradley was because of that, I think, not just what you did and who he yeah. was. Yeah, because all the negative stuff that's, that was going on. I feel on. that way, do you? I think so, because all the negative stuff that's going on, all of a sudden you see this and, and football is such a big thing in this country, like massive football. And um, the nation's sort of like just talked to it. It was just like unbelievable. I mean, at, when I first met Brad, it was just like, um, it was the mascot. And, you know, they told me at the club that, you know, there's a little boy that's not well. Um, you're his favourite player. You know, he's going to walk out of you, stuff like that. But as soon as he walked into the change rooms, it was just like, bang, just that instant connection and his energy and stuff like that. Exactly, that is energy. And it was just like, wow, because, you know, throughout my career, I've, I've walked out with many mascots. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've met loads of kids that are not well and stuff like that. But I don't know, it was something different with Brad's, that, just that connection and the way he used to, I've said it before, the way he used to look at me, it was just like... You can, you, I, I could see the love in his eyes. It was genuine. It's a really powerful emotion to feel. Yeah, exactly. I knew it was, it was genuine. It was nothing to do with football. It was just me. And he's, and even when I, when I, even to this day, you know, I spend a lot of time with his family. Still, his mum and dad. Even when Gemma and Carl they speak about it, she always, she laughs back because she says it's, it's weird though because there'd be times where he's at hospital or at home and he's, and he's sort of like, um, he's, he's in a lot of pain and he, he literally wouldn't eat all day. It was just, he wouldn't smile, was just in bed. And then as soon as I walk into the room, he's just up. <laughs> and she used to say to me, she said, I just can't, like, just couldn't understand it. It was just, as soon as he could hear you, as soon as he hears your voice, where's Jermaine? And he's just up. And he's happy and he's just like, and for me, it was just like, wow, it's such an amazing feeling. Because of course, there's times when I thought, but why me though? Why, do you know what I mean? It was, it was just weird. And Did you feel, did you feel that, that it was course. ordained, that, that, because yeah. your belief, you felt this has but, been given to me. Of course, it's been given to me. God, I, I, my mum's always said, you know, God, he, he brings people into your life for a reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean that, not just what I brought to Bradley's life, but what he brought to my life as well. Because again, around about that time, I don't know. I just, I just felt, I felt different when, when, when I had that connection with him. I just felt, I felt different. You know, um, it's almost like I always look forward to going to see him. I have mm-hmm. that buzz, that feeling in my stomach. You know, after training, I'm going to see Brad's. And it was sort of like, at the beginning, yeah, I knew I was doing something special, but maybe I didn't realise how special it was. Because for me, it was just something, the, the goodness of my heart, I was just like, this is, I just want to see him. It's just, he's, he's a little boy, he's not well. But what um, was generosity became something much yeah, larger that yeah. gave and then the... people started talking about it. Then I started seeing stuff in the paper, social media and stuff like that. And people started sending me nice messages. I can't believe what you're doing for this boy. And I was like, what am I, what, like, what am I doing? Like, um, this is... I want, even if I want a footballer or even if no one knew about it mm-hmm. 
the same and just be exactly the same as times when I went to the house and see him, you know, get in bed with him, give him a cuddle and stuff like that. Did you, you knew though that because you've been through it so often before? Yeah, you knew that grief was likely coming. Of course, yeah, I knew. And you never feared, not feared that, but. You know, the, the more you invest, even the yeah, happier, yeah, yeah. the bigger yeah. you feel, you know that... Uh, At some point, uh, it's the inevitable. Yeah, I knew. But it was, I think it was one of those ones where I need to spend as much time as possible with him because this is what's making him happy and, it, and this is what's making me happy. So I just want to spend as much time with him as possible um, and just make sure every day um, that he's smiling. And that's all, that's all it was. Just, I just wanted to make him happy. That's all I wanted to do. I want to share of, of the glow at... I'm asking you this question because I think I know the answer. How did your mum feel about what you did? My mum? Yeah. It was like, she, she was really emotional because she, she just said, like, she just said to me, at the end of the day, that's where the gift that you've got can, 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 it can, it's not just about football, it can change life and it can, you know, it's such a big thing. Um, and it was, it was tough for her as well. Um, she spoke to Gemma and, and, and Carl. And uh, she, st- she still does now. Um, but she was proud, to be honest. Yeah. She was proud because she said, you know what? She goes, you didn't really, you, like, you didn't have to do that. No one forced you to do that. You know, there was times where I'd actually go to the house and see Brad's. And, said, no, and she goes, I'm, just, I'm really proud in that. But at the same time, it's, it's special. What you've done is special. And, and she said to me, if you don't, you might not realise now, but trust me, it was, it's, it was special. Um, it was. And um, I don't know, I feel different from when I came in here now there's a sort of glow yeah. in here because it's nice to meet somebody who did that yeah. it's good to listen to it mm. and it kind of reaffirms your uh, love of football love of life and, and respect for you Jermaine Defoe thank you very much indeed this has been a beautiful experience no problem thank you beautiful experience cheers I enjoyed that thank you that's weird my mum just no hey <laughs> and then Bradley's mum Gemma just messaged me <laughs> thank you for joining us for season 2018-19 We've got huge creative plans for the months ahead, but we do need your help to make them happen. Please go right now to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and become a social, become a paying member and get an extra big interview every month plus loads of bonus content. Last season, socios listened to nine exclusive big interviews including Rafa van der Vaart, Troy Deeney, Roberto Di Matteo and loads of me talking about football. The Premier League, the Champions League, Spanish football... I'm sure they enjoyed it and you will too. Support us, join us. Thank you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 